The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had horrible allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. Because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. Welcome to the Conspiracy Files. Here at home, right now, concerned residents in Port St. Lucie are hoping a social media campaign will lead to city officials to consider removing fluoride from tap water. The new petition on change.org has more than 20 signatures. Residents who've signed hope the small number can begin to convince officials to remove the chemical from the municipal water supply. On the World Wide Web, there are a few black holes more enticing to fall down than the Great Fluoride Conspiracy. Some would call it the ramblings of paranoid truth gurus who spend too much time maintaining their dreads and making YouTube videos about Atlantis. Others insist it's the largest mass control experiment of our time. So where does the truth lie in an argument taken up by both sides with near religious conviction? It's almost impossible to decipher. Perhaps it's somewhere between the two. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Files. My name is Zero. I'm glad to have you guys back again. So the last episode, The Occult Lives in Music, it was really, really popular. I'm really glad that that worked out, and I think, I think I'll do a couple more of those um, through next month, and maybe the month after. I'll probably do one a month. And as soon as uh, other things start to take off, I'll move those over as a Patreon special so I can give you guys your humble uh, patron gifts as a thank you. And I think I want to keep those there um, specifically just for that. So thanks for listening to that, and thanks for the responses, and thanks for the useful input. I appreciate it a lot. I finally got all the audio stuff kind of figured out. You're going to hear a little background noise, and that's just my big-ass, loud-ass computer. Nothing I can do about that, but that's okay. Today, I'm going to talk about fluoridation in the water. It's something that, honestly, not many people know about. Um, <clears throat> I would say about half the people that I've spoken to even have a clue of what it even is. And basically what's going on here is that more than 50% of the uh, entire country, um, it's upwards of around 75% now, um, have fluoridated, if not over-fluoridated, the water. And the American Dental Association will tell you that it fights cavities and it's good for your teeth. Um, 
we're going to kind of find out the studies show the levels that we're currently ingesting it in are super not healthy. This is uh, it's a highly debatable thing. There's a lot of speculation. There are a lot of questions. But this goes back all the way to 1901. And this has a lot to do with World War II and Hitler as well. And as I go through this, you'll kind of see where it falls into place. And you'll see the direction of where it goes. And the speculation is going to be, well, what, how, do we, how do we fix this problem? How do we regulate it? How do we, how do we just all around solve it? Because it's not a good thing. It's kind of spooky, and for those of you who are trying to have an open mind about all of this, this can only help you. So currently, there are about 372 million people, which is about 5.7% of the world's population. They receive artificially fluoridated water. In about 24 countries, including Australia, Canada, Ireland, the U.S., and the U.K. Since the 1950s, there have been relentless debates over whether there's any real reason to even do this. Early conspiracy theorists declared that it was a communist plot to weaken the American public health. And as you know, uh, back then there were a lot of scares. Many have argued from a moral and ethical view that the public hasn't chosen to consume it, and so it's against individual will. And it even goes along with uninformed consent. People don't even know that they're drinking it. Or ingesting it in whatever shape or form. From an economic standpoint, Public money is being used on something without definitive proof of benefits. Some dentists and medical professionals have even said that fluoridation of water isn't the best way to reduce tooth decay. And besides, it's in our toothpaste anyway, isn't it? Water fluoridation is touted as, quote, one of the greatest public health achievements of the 20th century, unquote. Fluoride was introduced into water systems in the 40s. And this all starts back in 1901 with a man named Dr. Frederick S. McKay from Colorado Springs. He noted an unusual permanent stain, or what they call mottled enamel. And it was so coined the Colorado Brown Stain by area residents in Colorado. Nowadays, I don't think that's too fitting. On the teeth of many of his patients, there was this spotted, sort of yellowish, enamel-looking thing on the teeth. He noticed this and took note, took several investigations. And after years of personal field tests and years of investigations, McKay concluded that an agent in the public water supply was probably responsible for mottled enamel. It's a possibility. He also observed that teeth affected by this condition seemed less susceptible to dental caries, which are infectious, communicable, multifactorial disease in which bacteria dissolve the enamel surface of a tooth. 
So Dr. McKay went through years of study, years of investigations, taking note of all of these modeled enamel and, and the people of Colorado Springs. And as time went on, more and more cases began to kind of pop up throughout the entirety of the country. The identification of the modeled enamel eventually led to the establishment in 1931, which is 30 years later, of what's called the Dental Hygiene Unit at the National Institute of Health, and it was headed by a man named Dr. H. Trendley Dean. His primary responsibility was to investigate the association between specifically fluoride and modeled enamel. Adopting the term that they call fluorosis to replace the word modeled enamel, Dean conducted extensive observational epidemiologic surveys and by 1942 had documented the prevalence of dental fluorosis for much of the United States. Early studies reported that caries reduction linked to fluoridation ranged from 50 to 70 percent, but by the mid-1980s, the average scores were 18% lower than among those living in communities without fluoridated water. But I'm not so sure that these numbers can be linked solely on water fluoridation alone. Because you also have to take into account diet. Um, obviously, within that span of 80 years, a lot of things changed for us historically. Um, food was less scarce. Sanitation came into play. Uh, we were all around happier, healthier, living longer lives, and we were just all around cleaner. So I'm not so sure that we can call that a direct link. I don't think that we can, and I don't think that we should. And by the end of 1992, 10,567 public water systems that served 135 million people in over 8,000 communities had introduced fluoridation, which equals out to about 70% of all U.S. cities that have populations greater than 100,000. So if they tout all these numbers of great success and achievement, and they call this the greatest public health achievement of the 20th century, then what seems to be the problem, right? It all sounds good. It all seems all good and well, but that's where the conspiracies come into play. And that's why we talk about both things. So what exactly is fluoride? Fluoride is a mineral, naturally occurring. It's in your bones, it's in your teeth. You can also find it in water, soil, plants, rocks, and it's even in the air that we breathe. It's a naturally occurring compound that means the earth makes it, but in large doses it can cause severe side effects. And I found this list of a few from fluoridealert.org. And in large quantities, in large doses, it can cause arthritis, gastrointestinal issues, bone fractures, hypersensitivity, kidney disease, lower IQ, cancer, male infertility, cardiovascular issues, pineal gland calcification, diabetes, skeletal fluorosis, endocrine disruption, thyroid disease, acute toxicity, and not even joking, there are many more. 
Fluoride as it stands is a highly toxic substance. So much so that the FDA requires a poison warning on all fluoride toothpaste sold in the U.S. And even tens of millions of people throughout China and India. Millions of people who are suffering with bone issues due to their water systems alone having elevated levels of fluoride. Huh. So you ever wonder why kids' toothpaste don't have fluoride? I don't. It's because kids will inevitably, inevitably swallow some, and it's extremely toxic. In fact, eating a tube of toothpaste will definitely kill a kid, and it's seriously going to harm an adult. So why are we putting a toxic chemical that everyone agrees should never be swallowed into our food and our water supply in the first place? What most people don't know, and here's the big kicker, this specific type of fluoride that's added to water supplies, most toothpastes, most beverages, and foods is typically a waste product of the nuclear, aluminum, and phosphate, which is fertilizer industries. Yeah. Yeah. The EPA has classified fluoride as a toxin, and it is so toxic, in fact, that in addition to being a primary ingredient, and rat and cockroach poisons, pest fumigants, and even crop pesticides. It's also an active ingredient in anesthetic, hypnotic, and psychiatric drugs. And they even used it as nerve gas by the military. A recent study in The Lancet even identified fluoride alongside arsenic, lead, and mercury as one of 11 major neurotoxicant chemicals implicated in the pandemic of neurodevelopmental disabilities in children, which basically means it's going to mess up their brain. And that goes along with things such as autism, ADHD, dyslexia, and other cognitive impairments. It's also illegal to dump fluoride in lakes, streams, and oceans. But for some reason, it's okay to dump it into our food and water supplies, and then we rub it on our gums suggestedly twice a day? Fluoride is necessary for the processing of enriching of uranium. Much of the global proof that fluoride is quote-unquote safe for humans in low doses seems to be really fabricated in the 40s. It has links to the Manhattan Project A-bomb program. Scientists had been ordered to provide evidence useful in litigation against defense contractors for fluoride injury to citizens. As a matter of fact, the first lawsuits against the U.S. A-bomb program weren't even over radiation issues, but they were over fluoride damage. Their pro-fluoride propaganda was successful in convincing juries and the public that not only was fluoride safe, but that it was beneficial for kids' dental health. Fluoride was also used by Hitler during World War II and the Russians in an attempt to make the population more docile. Yes, that is, that is true. It's documented and it's true. And it's because they knew fluoride had a sort of a numbing effect on the brain. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read this for you real quick. 
and this is straight out of some literature uh, through my research that I was able to find specifically about Hitler. Um, in the 1930s, Hitler and the German Nazis envisioned a world to be dominated and controlled by a Nazi philosophy of pan-Germanism. The German chemists worked out of a very ingenious and far-reaching plan of mass control, which was submitted to and adopted by the German general staff. This plan was to control the population in any given area through mass medication of drinking water supplies. By this method, they could control the population in whole areas, reduce population by water medication that would produce sterility in women, and so on. In this scheme of mass control, sodium fluoride occupied a prominent place. Repeated doses of small amounts of fluoride will in time reduce an individual's power to resist domination. By slowly poisoning and narcotizing a certain area of the brain, thus making him submissive to the will of those who wish to govern him. The real reason behind water fluoridation is not to benefit children's teeth. If this were the real reason, there are many ways in which it could be done that are much easier, cheaper, and far more effective. The real purpose behind water fluoridation is to reduce the resistance of the masses to domination and control and loss of liberty. When the Nazis under Hitler decided to go into Poland, both the German general staff and the Russian general staff exchanged scientific and military ideas, plans, and personnel. And the scheme of mass control through water medication was seized upon by the Russian communists because it fitted ideally into their plan to communize the world, which they tried. And this is a direct quote from Charles Perkins. I was told of this entire scheme by a German chemist who was an official of the great IG Farben Chemical Industries and was also prominent in the Nazi movement at the time. I say this with all the, the earnestness and sincerity of a scientist who has spent nearly 20 years research into the chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, and pathology of fluorine. Any person who drinks artificially fluorinated water for a period of one year or more will never again be the same person mentally or physically. And that to me is absolutely insane. Insane. How do you come up with a plan like that? How do you figure that out? I suppose after you test on enough people, I, I guess you just figure it out, huh? So stuff like this, this was done purposefully to make a group of people easier to control, make them more docile, and make them more willing to go along with suggestion. And they knew that. And it makes sense, especially in Nazi Germany. You all know what happened there. And I'm sure fluoridated water, amongst other things like their food, had a lot to do with that. Famine, disease, all that kind of stuff. And because of stuff like this, World War II, the Russians, it brought about a really popular medication that you guys know as Prozac because of its ability to numb the mind to a certain degree and it was even responsible for the worst air pollution disaster in the United States history. In a little place called Denora, Pennsylvania, it killed 20 people 
and hospitalized over 7,000 in October 1948. And since fluoride is being admitted as a quote-unquote one-dose-fits-all style, that makes it unethical to fluoridate the water against an uninformed general population. That issue comes down to knowledge and consent. Even so, the situation is way worse than that. Fluoride exists in many of our foods that we eat, in many beverages that we drink, and in addition to the tap water, it's estimated that we're getting around 300% more of the recommended amount on a daily basis. This means that you're slowly overdosing on an unapproved drug with very well-known harmful effects on the body. And you should be pissed. Fluoride that enters the body is hard to get rid of. It tends to accumulate in the bones and the teeth, and it causes uh, calcifications. It's also been discovered to accumulate in the thyroid gland as well as the pineal and pituitary glands that reside in the middle of your brain. And typically, if you have kidney issues, more than likely your doctor has or would suggest avoiding fluoride as much as possible. Even the EPA is worried about fluoride in our water. According to the CDC, 41% of American children between the ages of 12 and 15 now have disfiguring dental fluorosis, which causes discoloration, pitting, cracking, and chipping of the teeth. Yet, the ADA insists on promoting fluoride, knowing the risks and knowing the concerns. Why? Money. <sighs> but, despite all of this, there is some good news. A shining ray of hope, if you will, in the vast darkness that'll probably, uh, become your brittle hole in your face, once known as your mouth, once your teeth fall apart. Unbiased science is starting to fight back and overwhelm the voice of pro-fluoride industry propaganda. So much to the point that the ADA in 2006 actually advised parents to avoid giving fluoridated water to babies or using it to make their formula. Also, more dentists and dental students are examining all the evidence for themselves and they're changing their minds and changing their ways. Fluoride, mercury fillings, BPA sealants, and other toxic materials may soon become a thing of the past and you won't end up forking over your life savings to let your kid keep their teeth in their face. Many U.S. cities are even fighting over water fluoridation as we speak. Most recently, New York City... Austin, Texas, Portland, Oregon, San Diego, California, and Lawrence, Kansas have joined in the fights. But a more important question is, what can you do? So, I found some useful information. A couple things that you can do if you're concerned, if you're interested, if you wanted to, uh, if you want to benefit, help yourself, your family, and help your community. For one... You can send information to your local city council members and your mayor. If you live in a small town, it's probably easier to do. You can contact your local environmental agency and express opposition to fluoridation, or you can request a new investigation into the science behind fluoridation itself and see what they have to say. The answer will probably be no because money and blah, but you tried. You can also tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, you can tell your coworkers. Fill them in on some info. Tell them something that they 
have probably never heard before. And probably a more important question is what can you do at your own home to reduce your daily intake? Lucky for me, my wife's on top of this stuff, and uh, most of the stuff I suggest is stuff that we already do, like filtering your tap water. Standard faucet or one of those uh, pitcher filters that won't filter it out. You're going to need to get probably a reverse osmosis filter or what we have, which is called a uh, Berkey filtration system. It's two tanks with filters inside. Uh, filters out all kinds of stuff. Lead, arsenic, um, fluoride, a few other things. And the water, honestly, tastes all around better. It's great for coffee, by the way. Uh, make sure that uh, when you go grocery shopping, you read your labels and pay attention to the crap you buy. It's already bad enough for you. Why make it worse? And pay attention to the stuff that you drink because it's in the beverages you'll buy at the store too. Eat organically grown foods as much as you can, which is what we do. Um, thanks again to my wife, we get our stuff uh, from a farm. So everything's just straight out the ground and straight to our house. Avoid chewing tobacco. Yep, it's in chewing tobacco. Surprise. And the easiest thing is to consider just using fluoride-free toothpaste. And recent studies from all of this have shown that there's not really a... Uh, there's no difference between fluoridated and non-fluoridated water. And places who don't have fluoridated water, they either have the same dental problems or they have better teeth than people who have fluoridated water. And it comes down to everybody's different. It's going to be a case-by-case -case basis, which is why you can't just lump sum everything together with this. Some people are going to be more susceptible depending on their body, their physiology, their DNA, many things. And some people are going to be completely immune to this. And... I think that they looked at that and they said, you know, what's best for the general populace? What's, what's best for their greater good? Forget those outliers who are super susceptible or super immune. We don't care about them. Let's risk those 100,000 people to, to save 135 million people, or so they think. My opinion, water fluoridation is bullshit, and it's a way to clean up some garbage that you don't know how to dump, or you can't, or you don't want to spend the money to dump it, so you put it somewhere else. Well, people will just eat it then. It's fine. We're quickly going to find out that things that took place in the early 1900s until about 1950 were really bad and really shitty. And we should probably look into all those things. Uh, we should probably look into older laws, older regulations and figure out, wow, we really screwed up a lot of stuff until we got our heads on straight. We still screw it up now, but we're doing better, I think. There's arguments there, I'm sure, but I'm too tired to make them right now because it's 2.30 in the morning while I'm recording this. But there's your basics on water fluoridation. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit. If you want, I can get you plenty more info, and uh, I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. And usually I take the end of the podcast to, as always, tell you guys thank you. 
because this channel would not be where it is without you guys. And with that being said, um, we hit our 500th listening um, on the podcast alone. Channel views on the YouTube channel are um, going up toward uh, 13,000 total, which is a lot. The YouTube channel is doing pretty good. Trying to grow the podcast is a little tough. The best thing that you can do for free is to just rate the podcast five stars and tell people how fucking awesome it is. And as you do that, the easier it's going to be to find for other people. It's going to show up in searches. Um, It's just going to be all around easier. And as far as the last podcast that I did uh, about how the occult lives in music, it was super popular. You guys seem to really, really like that one. Um, I actually have people um, out here who know who I am who came up and said, dude, I really love that. Um, so that's, that's me listening to you guys and I'm going to do more of those. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to relegate those to like once a month. I'll either do them on the, um, first of the month or the last of the month where I take a specific music video and break it down and tell you where the occult's at in the music video. And I think the next one I'm going to do is between one or the other. You guys can tell me. It's either... The occult lives in Taylor Swift, or the occult lives in Madonna, which we all know about Madonna. Not too many people know about Taylor Swift, though. They're almost equal. We'll talk about it later, but Taylor Swift says she's a witch. I'm telling you, it's right there. The proof is right there in all of her videos. It's in her music. Depending on which one you guys want to hear, then we'll decide which one we want to do. And uh, just to let you guys know, uh, the Patreon account is active and it's live. So if you guys feel like you want to support the channel and help me do what I do and do it better, my goal down the road is to eventually have enough of an income through this podcast to where I can have studio space and have my own quiet time to concentrate and focus on this and do some voice work and really get cracking at this. I would love to have just a small office space that I can rent out, uh, bring guests in, and eventually host some phone calls, have some people come in, specialists, talk about specific subjects. That'd be cool as shit. Hopefully we can do that. But for now, I'm going to let you guys go. And this is Zero with the Conspiracy Files. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace out.